We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me, as always, Chris Biederman, a man who loves a flat bill hat almost as much as Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> yeah? Is that a good one? Is that the shark's Yeah, no, one? this is, this is uh, yeah, it's a shark's colored Cooper chat. In honor um, of their first win last night. I love that. I love that for yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. I know you were dialed that two to one victory over the Flyers. Yeah, I was super locked in. Um, actually, a uh, a good buddy of mine works for the uh, equipment staff of the Flyers. So shout out to John Peters. Um, he was in town. I was not able to go see him because I do not live close to the Bay Area anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, Sharks, big W. Yeah, uh, only w, up from here. Say. Yeah, it's only yep. up from here. Here to turn it around, one ten and one. Here they come. Anyways, uh, speaking of clothing, let uh, let me tell you about our favorite clothing brand, Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. Candlestick twenty is the promo code. They have hoodies, shorts, t-shirts, anything you can imagine. It's all high quality. It's all super comfortable, and of course, it looks dope. It's the most important thing, Kyle, as you know, to look dope. I'm feeling like yeah. I look pretty dope right now because I'm in my Lamb Chops hoodie, the it's Heather so joint. Sick. Uh, it is extremely comfortable, extremely appropriate for this fall weather we're enjoying right now. And, my favorite, uh, yeah, my favorite, my favorite thing about the the hoodie that you are wearing, that specific one, is it is perfectly oversized. Like mm-hmm. I don't want a hoodie to be skin tight, and it is a touch bit. It's like a quarter size bigger than a normal size of that size <laughs> great great for great for lounging and great yes. for going out it can yes. uh, it can do both get you a hoodie that can do both <laughs> uh this is the hoodie that you told your other hoodies not to worry about uh <laughs> sglambchops.com candlestick 20 is the promo code check them out today we're also sponsored by cooper's brewing and chris you're just decked out in sponsors today yeah I'm, wearing- I'm going full on full on sponsored content just yeah, I think you. Uh, I think something's going on with your mic. It is. Is oh, that better? That's okay. Better. There we go. Now it's a party. Yeah. We are back, baby. So you were decked out, uh, Cooper Chat, and you can get your Cooper Chat. In they have like a Niners colored one. They have a Sharks colored one. They have the the Pride one. There's all sorts of good merch, and you can get that at the Cooperage. Uh, what am I? Uh, 
Brewery. Brewery. There it is. Yep. Jeez Louise. I was going to say Tap House, but it's not a Tap House. <laughs> That's located in Santa Rosa. Really great spot. Always a good food truck. Good vibes. Bring your dog. There's a ton of outdoor seating, ton of indoor seating. Uh, one of my one of my very favorite breweries, not just for the beer, but for the vibes. And of course, the beer is awesome as well. Absolutely. We love our friends at Cooperage. Shout out to them. Go see them if you're in Santa Rosa or order some beer online. If you're of age 21 and up in California, um, they will ship you beer within the state. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's great. We love Cooperage. I have a I have a whole lot of candles to Chronicles Hazy waiting for me in the fridge right now, which I'm probably yeah. going to go get after. Yeah, crack one. On a, go, go, you can go crack one right now. When I start to ramble, dude, just get up and go get one. I can carry it. I got you. Cooper's okay, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, let's see how quick I, love I can that. do that. Okay, Here. all right. Well, all right. I didn't mean right now. Okay, so Chris is literally going to go get a Cooperage, and I'm going to start the pod. Visit cooperagebrewing.com to get your good beer today. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, Kyle Shanahan spoke. We're doing this Wednesday as the 49ers ramp back up for the start of Week 10. They visit the Jaguars in Jacksonville um, as they as they come out of their bye. They're five and three coming out, and they had plenty of questions going into the second half of the year. They had questions about their defense. Their offense hasn't been able to move the ball. They're all banged up. So Kyle Shanahan addressed uh, all of. All of those things in his his first presser since uh, since the bye week started, and I think we'll we'll start with kind of what has become the the news of the day. Chris is Steve Wilkes is going to start calling plays from the sideline instead of up in the booth. So take that for what it's worth. It's a change. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan said in his press conference, "There's pros and cons to being in the booth versus being outside." He said he actually prefers to be in the booth because you can take more notes and write more things down, but he's only been in the booth one time and Steve Wilkes has done both in his career. My guess is that the biggest thing with this is it, this is not going to be the thing, the magical thing that turns the Niners defense around. The Niners aren't going to start suddenly playing better because Steve Wilkes is hanging out on the sideline. However, you and I hanging both out. learned... Just, 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 just chilling. He's got a four pack of Cooperage watching some football, just taking it all in. No, a, a so he's going to be on the sideline calling plays. And you and I both learned today via Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member over at ESPN, that a coach in the booth can't talk to players on the field. There has yeah. to be the only direct line of communication is from coaches on the sideline. So Steve Wilkes is relaying calls to Johnny Holland, the linebackers coach. And then Johnny Holland was then relaying those plays to Fred Warner, who would that. So that's a, just kind of a extra step and B for me, if I'm coaching a team with Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and all these super high IQ players, I would want to be on the field with them asking them what they're seeing, asking them, 
you know, the, getting their input on how to make these in-game adjustments, these little in-game adjustments that the 49ers have been so good at over the last few years. And if, if you're relying just on your few minutes at halftime, I just don't think that's enough. And so I think that just by itself is going to be helpful. Again, they have to execute and they have to do a bunch of things better. And we'll talk about that. But I think the biggest benefit is going to be getting to talk firsthand with players after every single series about what they're seeing, about what they think they can do differently. And that by itself, I think will be a benefit. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if it's one thing we don't know. And Steve Wilkes isn't going to talk to the media un, until Thursday. Um, and I'm sure he'll be asked all about this. But what was the issue, the play calling? And, and as you mentioned, having to go through the extra step of having Johnny Holland relay the call from Wilkes to Fred Warner, whereas now you can expedite the process and streamline it by just having Wilkes talk to Warner directly. Like, was that part of the issue mm-hmm. that they had? Um, or is it something to your point where between series, when the offense is on the field, you have your coordinator down there going over the going over the picture in the film on the tablet in real time, right? Instead of having to sort of play telephone in that sense and, and try to figure out exactly what's going on. Um, and when, you know, they, I think they still do have the telephones on the mm-hmm. sidelines. So like Fred Warner could conceivably pick up a phone and talk to Steve Wilkes, <laughs> Steve Wilkes while, while he was in the booth. But I think it's it might just be like maybe it's just something as simple as a vibe change, right? Just like mm-hmm. let, let like let's just shake things up because clearly whatever's happening isn't working. And it's overall just kind of an admission of I think what you and I both suspected in that there was something wrong with the communication. There were like so, yeah. so the communication wasn't good enough. Um, whether that's between the coordinator and the players or between the players themselves. And I think it it might have been emblematic of just how disjointed it, the the defense was, you know, even between the secondary and the pass rush. Um, we've talked. I'm not going to reiterate the point we we've kept making about tying coverage and the pass rush together. But you'd have to think this is at least a step towards solidifying everything. Mm-hmm. And for a veteran group that's been together for as long as the Snyder's defense has been, for the large for for the large part, like they've had their coordinator with them on the sideline every season since Kyle Shanahan's been there until this season with Robert Sala down on the sideline, obviously and D'Amico Ryan's on the sideline. So um, Steve Wilkes has been a head coach in the league. Like he's the sideline Mm -hmm. is not completely foreign to him. Mm -hmm. So I don't know (laughs) that it's, I love the idea that he gets down. There's like, the fuck is this? He's just (laughs) lost. There's so many people, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I just think like, any any way to ultimately for me it's just like can can you just create a vibe check like create something that just allows you to to have better communication to streamline everything it can't hurt because look like as our buddy nick wagner mentioned fortnite's defense through five games this was a tweet he had um thirds in yard third in the nfl in yards allowed per game first Mm -hmm. in points allowed per game um defensive epa was fifth takeaways sixth uh, in the last three games during their losing streak, points per game, 24th. Uh, mm. Yards allowed, 395. That's 30th. That's third from last, which is insane. Um, defensive EPA, 31st. And takeaways, they only have four in three games. Um, like, putting Steve Wilkes on the sideline isn't going to solve everything. 
mm-hmm. but I would think it's probably just like shaking up the snow globe a little bit and being like, all right, let's well, like let's let's figure this out because we do need to make some sort of change and adjustment to the way they've been playing defense this year. And one of the big selling points with Steve Wilkes was him being like a player's coach. Like players love playing for Steve Wilkes, so why not get him near the players? It, it again, I they they have to execute better in coverage. They have to get the quarterback on the ground and hit the quarterback and move him off his spot and make him uncomfortable. Those are all things that they're still going to have to do, and they're not going to magically magically do it because Steve Wilkes is now on the sideline instead of up in the booth. So that's all out there. But I, I'm with you. They had to do something a little bit different. And if this is going to help Wilkes, then then great. Um, question, though, have you ever seen Fred Warner on the telephone? I can't remember the last time. I think the only time I see images of players on the phone on the sideline is like in throwback games and some college games. Yeah, it might be where they have like a headset or something or like an earpiece with a microphone on it. That there has to be technology that's better than like picking up a microphone. To your point, but that's just that's typically what it on has a really been. long string, <laughs> right? Just just going from the sideline to the press box. Um, no, I haven't. Was that one of Nick Cray's jobs? Was just to run up and relay the messages? <laughs> that would be. That would be that would take a lot of time. It's not it easy to get so, from the sidelines. So long. Especially given you share the elevators in the in that street so, tower with eight, everybody eight, in please? that suite. Eight, eight <laughs> please. All the way up. Just, All the way up immediate. I never I always forget if I'm on seven or eight when I go in there. Mm. And so <laughs> every time I they go, uh, what floor? And I just look at the I have to like look at the things and I'm like, um the press box one. <laughs> I don't know, mm. man. Anyways, yeah, you just um, want to say press box for everyone else in the elevator to know that you're. And then I hard long. sniff afterwards. Press box, please. <laughs> I'm a personal well, friend of. I'm a, I'm a personal friend of Matt Barrows. <laughs> um, I tweet with Josh Dubow sometimes. Oh, speaking of Josh Dubow, I do want to give him a little bit of credit here because, um, as Nick pointed out to us, Josh let Nick know that there was mm. a rule great point uh stating that only coaches on the sideline can be in communication with the players when it comes to like the green dot in their helmet mm-hmm. um and josh as a michigan alum obviously knows where the signals are coming from so <laughs> I, uh, I just i, I want to make sure that josh gets the the credit that he deserves for apprising those in the media workroom of uh of the proper rules because we know of anything, you know, like Josh, Josh knows the rules um, and would never, would never associate or, you know, run afoul of. Uh, He's real tight with Connor Stallions the, the, or what? The, the signals coming in. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Shout out to friend of the pod. Josh. We have one less subscriber now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe two. Tracy, another Michigan alum, is going to take that personally and also unsubscribe. Mm. It'd be like Tracy, go to Michigan. I didn't know that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if she listens. Does Tracy listen? We'll. we'll I see. guess we'll find out. We're going to. We're going we're to find text out. Messages will be open after this. Uh, after this episode, so we'll. See. Hey, it'd be super funny if she was watching right now and she started blowing us up on the, on the spot. <laughs> She's that like, "Yeah, you fun. bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh no. I have a take on the whole Michigan scandal. If Tracy I was really... ever mad at me, I'd be so sad. Anyways, keep going. 
<laughs> I don't. I think Tracy's incapable of me being mad at, at people. God, um, I hope shout so. out to Tracy. But I have a take on the Michigan scandal. I know no one really cares, but like so many people, I, I mean, I don't know so many people, but it's like, oh, Michigan has to pay. Michigan has to be punished. I think the truth being out there is punishment enough, right? Like mm-hmm. if if it came out that Michigan beat Ohio State and really like dominated them, particularly defensively because they knew which plays were coming that fact being out there and the evidence being out there is enough for me. I don't need them to vacate wins or like mm-hmm. forfeit those in, in retrospect, like right. just, just have the truth be out there and have Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program live with it. A great, a great example know, of this. Just know that the only way that they could beat Ohio state was by stealing their signals. A great example of this is the Houston Astros. Like stuff happened to the GM and the manager and like Carlos Beltran lost a managerial job because of it and all that jazz. Like I I get this stuff, but none of the players had anything happen to them. It's just that they get booed mercilessly in every ballpark that they've been to. And nobody thinks that their 2017 world series title is real and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's, I'm with you. It's, it's there. CJ Stroud struggled against Michigan, but pretty good in the NFL. Odd how that works. Also lit up Georgia. Hey, on that, I'm sorry, guys. We're going to talk about 49ers injury stuff. I swear to God. But uh, just on that, this is now just Kyle and Chris BSing as, as buddies for a second. Um, which is uh, not like that's different, but about non-49er stuff. It's so funny to me that CJ Stroud had really good tape. He was a very good prospect. And the knock was, well, can he create out of structure? This is a good offense with really good receivers. He doesn't have to do a lot outside the pocket. Is he capable of doing that? And then he did it against freaking Georgia, loaded with NFL players on the defensive side and lit them up and probably should have won that game. And everyone went, oh, CJ Stroud just did all of the things that we weren't sure he could do. And he did it against the best defense in college football by a freaking mile. And then it came draft time and it was like, eh, I don't know if he can do it. It's like, what what are we watching? What did, did we not all watch that game? The draft process is screwed up. And I know he still went oh. second. He went second. It's not like he dropped to the second round. He didn't Will Levis it. But it just, the pre-draft discourse about CJ Stroud was insane. But how how do you feel right now if you're Carolina and you traded your first round pick for next year to go get Bryce Young first overall? Pretty dumb. And there's a reasonable chance that your pick what is going to be that's going to the bears is going to be a top three pick. Yeah. It's going to be the one pick. I think it's going to be the first pick. Maybe. I don't think yeah. they're going to win this game, but, and it's not even like you really, I mean, they're, they, they have issues it, beyond Bryce young. This is, I'm not yeah. saying Bryce young isn't good or won't be good, but man, it is a tough, particularly like given the quarterback class that could be incoming here. Like mm-hmm. you sold the farm for Bryce young where there could be three or four prospects better than Bryce young next year. And he passed up on CJ Stroud. Yeah. And like, if you're going to take a project quarterback, which he he is a little bit, like you have to figure out how to utilize a five foot. What did we settle on? Nine, 160 pound quarterback or however, like he's not, he's, he is dramatically undersized and that can work, but you have to figure out how to make it work and figuring out how to make it work behind a terrible offensive line. And with Adam Thielen as his best receiver, that's just not going to, that development that needs to happen and the the 
the system that needs to be installed to help him be successful is not going to happen with the personnel that they have. Right. And now they don't have a first round pick to help him out. I could just, I, I think it was backwards team building for me, but anyways. this is, this is why Kyle Shanahan punted on quarterbacks in 2017. No, almost. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, like seriously, it was dang. No, all these guys are a little bit of a project and <laughs> Kirk cousins, baby. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to the alternate world where Kirk Cousins was not going to be available. Where he signed a long-term deal in Washington. I'd love to see what, Kyle, what that looked like then. Kyle Shanahan said during that draft, I think after the first night, that he had Mitch Trubisky as his top-rated quarterback. But I kind of think he was lying. Yeah, I, d- I don't think they probably did a lot of work on quarterbacks, so he just picked a name that he knew. I feel but, like in my head, I'm going to go back and look at that draft class real quick. I feel like in my head, there's probably like a second or third round quarterback that Kyle Shannon really liked. More CJ so Beathard. Ooh, it was CJ Beathard who they traded up for in the third round. Yikes. Tough. Okay. God, Deshaun Kaiser was in that draft. Dude, I was a big Deshaun Kaiser guy. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss draft take from your boy. Yeah. Uh, Trent Williams nobody, did not. Nobody's perfect. Trent Williams did not. I was all in on Fred Warner, though, so shout out to me. Mm-hmm. There's a very prominent Bay Area media figure who was out on Trey Warner, or on Fred Warner, excuse me. And who was that? He'll remain nameless. Okay. Talk offline. Talk soon. Yeah. Hey guys, Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles here to talk to you about Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. You don't have to play against against pros or sharks you just go in you pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and then you watch those winnings roll in it's super fun i've been doing it all football season but with basketball season here you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league so that's a that's just a a different league specifically created for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, quick example here. You can get LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points, three pointers made plus receptions. So, if LeBron makes four threes and Travis Kelsey gets seven receptions and you took more than 10.5, bang, bang, you're a winner. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz, you can find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. That's one of my favorite things to do because there's times, you know what, I'm watching a game. I haven't gotten in to do my research to to build a, a DFS entry, a daily fantasy sports entry. So I can just go to the promos tab and I can find a pre-made entry from, from one of the prize picks community and I just play that and I and I ride with them. It's way it's it, I, I like to do my research beforehand. I hate going on tilt and just making random picks, which you can do, but I, I don't like to do that. And if I don't have time to do the research, I just jump in and I can get on one of those pre-made entries. Price picks also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured, which is enormous. That's not something that you're gonna find at every daily fantasy sports site. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and then doesn't return at all in the second half, that player gets rebooted. So prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy, which is just one of the many, many reasons that I rock with prize picks. I'm building NBA entries, I'm building NFL entries, and now I'm building those combo entries with NBA 
and NFL games. It's I'm telling you, it enhances the sports watching experience uh, top to bottom. It has been one of my favorite things that we've ever gotten to do via this podcast. So um, make sure to go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit matchup to $100. That's how you can join us. You'll see Chris and I talking about it on, on social. You hear us talking about it on the podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to see you join and, and we want to see you win as well. And you can do that. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trent uh, Trent Williams did not practice Wednesday, and it's not so much that he didn't practice that is my concern because he didn't practice in the bonus practice Monday. Rest for his ankle has kind of been the whole mantra during during his time off, and it, he usually doesn't practice Wednesdays anyways. So it wasn't a huge surprise to see him listed as a non-participant, but Kyle Shanahan got asked about whether there's more, so Shanahan originally said it's a low ankle sprain for Trent Williams. They avoided the high ankle sprain. So he got asked today, is there anything more going on with Trent's ankle? He said, quote, yeah, I think obviously there is. Just when he's got a lot of history in there with stuff, it didn't show up as a high or anything like that. But when you've had that over your career, there's a number of things that with how it's taking longer than expected to heal, it's more than a low. <laughs> what like that's bad <laughs> that's not that's not oh low ankle sprain they're just gonna rest it he's actively saying there's more than just an ankle sprain going on whether it's a high ankle sprain or there's some kind of like severe damage like the fact he hasn't gone on ir yet i, I guess is a, is a good sign but it's hard to believe he's going to play sunday with the head coach being like oh yeah it's more than that yeah it's it doesn't sound great um, and it definitely sounds like what Kyle Shanahan's alluding to is the fact that there's damage from past angle injuries. And if you remember in the 2022 season, or I think leading up to it, Trent Williams said, um, he kind of regretted playing in the, in the NFC championship game against the Rams, um, playing on that pretty badly sprained ankle that he had in that game, um, because it might've done more damage, uh, than, than. You know, obviously, it did just did damage, right? So, mm -hmm. I wonder if it's damage to the point like 
does Trent need surgery in the off season to like clean some stuff up? Hmm. Um, and speculating, we don't you know, know. A, speculating. And again, like I do wonder if there's an element, like, first of all, I wonder because the 49ers are talking about it sort of in different terms than, you know, a few weeks ago where, you know, after the Browns and Vikings games, it was like, yeah, we think he'll be back in a couple weeks. And now it sounds like they don't know. I wonder if he got a second opinion, right? Like, did he get a second opinion or was there some other imaging done that revealed that there was more damage there than, than they initially saw or the injury was worse than they initially thought? Um, so again, just speculating and, and I'm, you know, it's not, it's not great to like speculate on injuries, but I think it's fair to just ask questions like what's really happening here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe it's a case of like, yeah, it's sore and it's not all the way back, but, you know, we think ultimately we can get him back for December 3rd against the Eagles. If we just rest him and get him like, that's our best shot at getting him close to hundred percent for the rest of the season is just giving him a couple more weeks of rest. Or is this something like, yeah, he might need surgery and we're going to delay that till the end of the season, unless it becomes a really pressing issue. Right. Um, as the season goes on. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, the way Kyle Shanahan's talking about it, it doesn't sound like Trent Williams is going to be available Sunday in Jacksonville. Yeah, he at said, least that's just me reading the reading the tea leaves. The way the way Shanahan's talking about it, that's that's my impression. Yeah, when he got asked if he got asked, he said someone said, "I know Trent normally does the vet day on Wednesday. Do you expect him to practice tomorrow?" Shanahan said, "Quote: I hope so. I know he can't today, though." Hey, man, that's not great. But yeah, fingers crossed for Trent Williams that he is back in action uh, as soon as possible and healthy and and playing. Debo Samuel was back on Wednesday, a full participant in practice, kind of as expected. I actually thought he might be limited early on, just working his way back, but he's just a full go. And that's a good sign for his chances to play on Sunday, which is, I think, helpful for the 49ers. One of the things with Trent Williams that that this is where I think Kyle Shanahan adds a ton of value to a team is their run game was just not working without Trent Williams and without Debo Samuel. And I think if you're picking a coach to scheme around not having Trent Williams over a bye week and figuring out how to create a run game when it's Jalen Moore, who's done a fine job, but he's not Trent Williams. And the run game, I, I think, is, has struggled largely because of number 71's absence. This is where you can see Kyle Shanahan start to kind of scheme up some some open runs and scheme up some of those explosive plays that they've really been been missing on the ground. I wonder if it's as simple as like, you have Debo Samuel, so that opens up the bubble screen game in a mm -hmm. way that you didn't really have. Because, I mean, that's that's been the answer so often for the 49ers yep. when defenses have loaded the box and have five down linemen. It's like, all right, if you're going to pack the box with eight, nine guys, then we're going to run a bubble screen to the outside, and all we have yep. to do is block two guys, and then Debo Samuel's off to the races, right? Well, you haven't had Debo Samuel to really combat teams loading up the box in the last few weeks um to run those screens and you can do it with ray ray mcleod and and brandon Ayuk to a certain extent but obviously like i don't know is it fair to say that debo's i i don't have like empirical evidence to back this up but is it fair to say that debo's probably one of the best bubble screen receivers in the league yeah it's just getting a guy he's one of the best players with the ball in his hands in space yeah and that's what bubble screens create so yes. yeah yeah, so, so maybe that's that's an element of the offense that, that we can look to, to on, on Sunday. Like, 
teams load up the box that takes players away from where Debo Samuel would be outside. And then maybe you generate some big pop plays that way. Maybe that loosens up the box. And now you're allowing Christian McCaffrey a little bit more space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that's something to, to definitely keep an eye on on Sundays. Yeah. And I think there's stuff you can do with motion with Debo that, that can move some players around and give you a, give you a numbers advantage that Ray Ray McLeod and Jawan Jennings weren't giving you. So interested to see if Debo Samuel can provide that impact, even if Trent Williams isn't, isn't in the lineup. Last thing from Shannon's presser for me today was I don't, uh, I, I did not watch the presser. I just read the transcript. So I, I don't know who, um, who asked this question, but they essentially asked Shanahan, give me one second. Let me, I lost it for a second. Uh, you mentioned how your team looked fatigued and slow after the Bengals game. Is there any area on either side of the ball you can inject some speed before the offseason? And I thought I didn't think Shanahan said the team was slow necessarily, just that the defense was playing sluggish and they looked tired. But okay. Uh, Shanahan says, I, I'm not going to read the whole answer, but he gave a 169 word answer and did not mention Danny Gray. And don't love that for Danny Gray, who by by uh, John Lynch said that everybody who was on injured list was like healthy and ready to have their practice window open. They opened practice windows for Robert Beal and Daryl Luter and Samuel Womack. So maybe Danny Gray is just more hurt than they initially let on. But the fact that Shanahan didn't even mention him is like, and once we get Danny Gray healthy, he's good to go. Like, that's just not a great sign. One thing I heard about Danny Gray from inside the building was that he was going to have to become a better practice player in the pros than he was in college. Hmm. And Kyle Shanahan is definitely not the type of coach who gives out playing time to guys who don't earn it on the practice field. Like Danny Gray's never been in a position where the 49ers felt he was talented enough to where he could, you know, not look awesome at practice or not give maximum effort at practice and then get playing time, right? Mm-hmm. So um, with Danny Gray, and again, I don't know his injury status. I would just be speculating if I spoke on his injury status. But sure, I think there's probably an element of Danny Gray would have to really prove that he's better than somebody on the active roster before he would get elevated or before his practice window would open. So they potentially would elevate him. And maybe, mm. maybe they're just keeping the option open Right. Because if you're if your 21 day practice window opens and you don't get added to the active roster, then you revert to season ending injured reserve and you don't play that season. So maybe the Niners are like, yeah, maybe if if we absolutely had to have Danny Gray, um, we would elevate him and, and play him. But maybe they're saying, OK, he's not better than anybody that we have active right now. So maybe later in the season, if we do deal with a significant injury at receiver, then we elevate him and add depth right. to the position. Um, but to your point, like, I don't think anything that's happened in the offseason program and in training camp has really given the 49ers a ton of confidence in terms of like, or I guess optimism that they have like a lot in Danny Gray or they have something that they like, they can't, they can't keep Danny Gray off the field. Like, I I don't think there's that feeling of like, we, we have to play this guy. And, yeah. you know, I think I think we learned that when when Ronnie Bell 
pretty clearly surpassed him in in the pecking yeah. order. You know, Ronnie Bell, what seventh round pick in his first off season. In his first off season, right? Playing so, without knowing know, what plays the defense was going to run. <laughs> um, we know <laughs> that's very funny. We know Kyle Shanahan's typically tough on receivers, right? Like Brandon Ayuk even went through it a couple years ago to start the season. So it's not anything new for Shanahan to have a tough time just like giving receivers playing time. Mm-hmm. But when, I think it's pretty clear at this point, Danny Gray is not Brandon Ayuk, right? <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to be, I'm in your corner on this take. I'm on that side of the fence. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, and you have a quarterback now it, it, and somebody might argue that Danny Gray was drafted to play with Trey Lance because Trey Lance is going to push the ball down the field and it was going to utilize Danny Gray's speed, et cetera, et cetera. But you have a, you have a quarterback in Brock Purdy who is also willing to push it down the field. He doesn't have the arm strength of Trey Lance, like not by a long shot, but he, he will cut it loose and throw a deep ball consistently. And if Danny Gray was consistently winning in that area of the field, or could affect the game in different areas, then maybe maybe you'd see him more. But we hear all the time about receivers. Debo Samuel brought this up on 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 Radio Row last year at the Super Bowl. I forget what show it was on. It might have been Slow News Day with Kevin Clark. It might have been the Rich Eisen show. I forget. I forget exactly which one it was. But he basically said Kyle Shanahan is so precise with where you are to line up as a receiver. If you are lining up a half yard off of where you need to line up and you can't figure out how to get where you need to go, you just won't play. They would rather have a less talented player execute the play properly than a more talented player potentially mess the play up by being lined up in the wrong spot by half a yard. And I think that's that's probably as that's a benefit, but it's also probably detrimental at times. And if Danny Gray is a not figuring that out, and then b not able to win in short areas of the field where he's going to be a player who defenses can know, okay, when he's on the field, he's going deep. They are going to look to cut it loose in the in the deep third of the passing game here. Or if he can't block, like there's there's so many little things that you need to be good at as a receiver to to play for Kyle Shanahan, and I, there's just no evidence that Danny Gray is is thriving at, at any of those. And the fact he's still on IR, as what John Lynch has said, is is a healthy player. Like that's a that's a bad sign. Can we go back through the Niners third round picks? The last seven of them I just counted since 2021. Can I try and name all of them? Sure. Trey Sermon. Okay. Ambry Thomas. Yep. Danny Gray. Yep. Cameron Latu. Yeah, you're jumping around a little bit. No, I know. No, I know. I, uh, TDP okay. was was yep. the other one mm-hmm. in 2022. There's Cameron Latu, Jake Moody, Ob, and <laughs> oh, who is the other one this year? The other one this year was Jair Brown. Yeah. Is that all of them? Uh, yeah. Bang, bang. And Let's go. Aside from the kicker, I don't know. what Does a kicker count as a starter? Oh, yeah. Jake Moody's a starter for sure. You think you count Jake, Jake Moody as a starter? Okay. So they have, they've drafted. He starts one at the st- position he plays. That's a starter. Come on. They've drafted they've drafted one starter in the third round out of seven picks. 
in their last three drafts. Yikes. Jair Brown, like, I think Jair Brown's going to play. Right, Jair sure. Brown's good. Like, typically, you draft seven players. Like, I would say the hit rate in the third round, and, and a hit rate is not like a superstar, but someone who, like, makes your roster and is a contributing player who you mm-hmm. think one day could start. In the third round, that's typically like 25 to maybe like 33%, like a quarter to a third hit rate. Mm -hmm. Does that feel right to you? And they're at one, I mean, two of seven. Are we going to give them Jair Brown as, as like, yeah, we, yeah, just throw Jair Brown in there. Yeah. So Trey Sermon's gone. Ambry Thomas, they're actively working to keep off the field. Um, right now, uh, Danny Gray on IR. They have no. It doesn't seem like they have any intent on activating him anytime soon. Ty Davis Price uh, can't can't really get on the field and struggles to get active when there aren't injuries. <clears throat> Cam Latu done for the done for his rookie season. Didn't really show much in the preseason. That gave you a whole lot of confidence. Yeah. Jake Moody's Jake Moody, and then Jair Brown. Jair Brown's probably the guy you feel best about overall. But that's seven players, and you really feel good about one of them. Do you want to go? Do you want to keep going back? Because in 2019, you have Jalen Hurd. <laughs> Jalen Hurd, yeah. In 2018, you have Fred Warner. Bang, bang. Nailed it. Makes that when you have an all pro. When you, when you yeah. have an all pro, except for a lot. Yeah. Tavarius Moore was the other player there. I believe he's with the Packers now. And then in 2017, it was Akella Witherspoon and CJ Beathard. Jackson. current Jacksonville Jaguars CJ Beathard Deford, do you think that that's going to help the Jaguars defense having CJ Beathard in the room do you think he's telling all of Kyle Shanahan I think it'll secrets? have I think it'll have exactly the same impact as the Cowboys having Trey Lance ahead of that game <laughs> that's a good point all right I have nothing else for this midweek pod. um I guess I I have some Trevor Lawrence some fire statistical analysis, but maybe we save that for tomorrow's preview pod to talk. That about sounds like a preview pod topic to me. Okay. Um, how about this? I'll just, I'll just tease it a little bit. Maybe give a spoiler. Ooh, nice uh, dude. And I hope you're sitting down. You're sitting, I can see you. You're sitting down. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think the key to beating Trevor Lawrence is to pressure him <laughs> and make him uncomfortable. What? I did a deep dive. We can we can dive into it in, in the pod we record tomorrow. Okay. Um but this, I, I just really feel good about this analysis based on the numbers I'm seeing. And and you know what, frankly, it matches the tape. So. <laughs> Great call. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about this groundbreaking analysis. <laughs> I do think like I haven't my, watched, I haven't grinded the tape yet, but my ground the tape. I haven't grinded the tape yet, but I'd be willing to bet that if you can get pressure with four and drop seven, mm. think I think that's what the Niners should try and do this weekend. I think you might be onto something. I think your numbers are back. Um, <laughs> ground it, ground sounds like coffee. Like you're you're you haven't ground the tape. That feels like you're <laughs> sticking it in a, in a coffee grinder and grinding. Dudes, I Grinding ground feels like what you do with tape, not ground. I ground six games of tape and now there's dust everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no idea what to do. 
uh, All right. just wreaking havoc in your film room. Thanks everybody for watching and for listening. <laughs> if you've not subscribed yet on YouTube, please do so. Uh, go to youtube.com, search Candlestick Chronicles. We are right there at the top. Subscribe. Uh, like the video with a little thumbs up. We would appreciate the heck out of that. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you have not done that, tell your friends, even your friends that aren't big football fans, be like, hey, listen to this podcast and uh, improve their lives because that's what a good friend does. Thanks everybody yeah, speaking, for listening. Speaking of improving your life, drink some Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA from uh, from our friends at Cooper's. Say you really you really turned up once you started drinking that. Yeah, you challenged me to go grab one, and I just thought I, I would because it's it's more or less happy hour. So why not? Why not? Candlestick Chronicles. Why not? Also follow us on Twitter at Candlecron. No stick, no ickles. No stick, no ickles. We we will be firing off takes there on uh, on Sunday for sure. No doubt. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. See you guys. See you guys.